Hello, my name is Sarah and I am your Chakra Coach. On this podcast, we'll be exploring how the chakra system can guide you to grow your emotional, mental, physical, and spiritual wellness, leading you closer to your highest self. Hi there, everyone. What's going on? How are you doing? How are you doing on the self-care spiritual practices scale? Are you doing the things you know you need to do to get the results you know you want? I know that motivation sort of comes and goes, or what we call motivation comes and goes anyway. We can go from feeling 100% all in to stuck or like nothing matters. That, that's all pretty common. I heard a uh, spiritual teacher say once, and it really helped me, so I want to share it. I heard him say, don't meditate because you think you should meditate. If you're doing it because you think you should do it, go out and do all the non-spiritual things you ever wanted to do. Go do those things until you crave the meditation, until nothing else will do except the meditation. Then meditate. And while I don't know that I've really ever gone that far, it did, it did sort of help me see that all the things that we do are just tools to help us eventually let go of the tools and just be. I had to think about that for months. I'm probably still thinking about it, but maybe that concept will help you too. Today we're talking about something that is sometimes a little tough to hear because it challenges us to rethink the stories we tell ourselves. And remember, that's all you have to do. Just rethink them. You don't ever have to change anything, anything at all, unless what you discover is that your belief is holding you back, that it isn't serving you anymore. So what on earth am I talking about? Identifying with imbalances and attaching to trauma. Oh, it sounds so harsh, or it can sound so harsh. Even when I'm your friend and I'm saying it with love. First, let's talk about what that is. What does it mean to identify with your imbalances? At the most basic level, it just means that the imbalance is in your energy and whatever emotional and physical or mental expression they take become part of how you see yourself. An important part. And even if in the front of your mind you don't like it, it's still something that feels like a part of you you can't let go. And we develop language and stories and statements around the manifestation of the imbalance, and it starts to serve a purpose. And the manifestation is real and has real effects. But at some point, the manifestation, the expression of the imbalance in the world becomes who we are rather than a person experiencing the manifestation. We hold on to the trauma because we need it for the narrative we have about ourselves to be true. That difference is really subtle. And I think an example might help. I'll share with you one that doesn't 
doesn't particularly have to do with energy imbalance, but one that really brought home to me how much the words we use to describe ourselves and others matter. Several years ago, it was suggested to me to use the phrase, a person experiencing homelessness, rather than the term homeless person. And there are lots of other ways to express the same concept, but this is the one that I remember because it puts the person first. I'm sure you can think of other examples, but the idea is that we are human beings, people who have things happen in our lives. They don't define us. They don't make us better or worse or more or less valuable. And I'm certainly not saying that an imbalance in the root chakra or whatever makes someone experience homelessness. It's not about that at all. But if we take this idea of language and apply it more broadly to our own lives, maybe we can start to change the narrative around who we think we are. For example, I used to say that I was anxious as if I was just nothing but anxiety. And I held on to that as an explanation for my behavior, my thoughts. And of course, it was the reason I couldn't be the person I wanted to be. So identifying as anxious gave me a great out for having to try anything new, to take risks, to put myself out there. I was clinging to an imbalance. For me, it was the three lower chakras, but I was clinging to that imbalance instead of dealing with the issue. That's my story, which I share because I think it really helps to know that others are going through things too. My anxiety wasn't a medical condition, and if you've heard me talk about this kind of thing before, you know I'm a big believer in using chakra and energy work along with needed medication and therapy. But if there isn't a medical condition present, ask yourself why you're holding on to something, attaching yourself to an imbalance or trauma, and why. Depression is another thing that we hold on to. We hate it. We really do. It feels miserable. We would do anything to solve it. Or maybe we wouldn't. Honestly, only you know what's happening in your life, but Does depression give you a reason to hide from yourself, from others, from connection? Again, not clinical depression, not a chemical imbalance, but an energy imbalance. And I'm not saying you have to do something about it or do anything for that matter. But I always encourage us to look deeper within ourselves to understand what's happening. Because with understanding comes compassion. And it is so much easier to take action toward our highest selves, our highest good from a place of compassion rather than self-loathing. Now, sometimes energetic imbalances have a physical expression like unexplained pain. That's a big one, actually. Pain in the arms or head or feet, and all the doctors in the world can't seem to explain it. Maybe you go for a lot of scans and tests and nothing conclusive comes back. If you've ever had this, it it is so frustrating, especially if the pain is decreasing your quality of life. But what can happen 
is that we start to attach to the pain. We start to let it define us. It isn't that the pain is fake or that you're pretending to have pain or anything, but it starts to be the thing that rules every decision we make. And it controls our lives because the physical pain causes mental and emotional pain. And then we hold on to the emotional pain, which causes more pain, and the cycle goes on. You might have heard me call this unnecessary suffering. It's a Buddhist concept that there is suffering in life, but we don't need to make it worse than it already is. So why would we do this? Why would we attach to imbalances and just continue to live with pain? Now, I suspect there are a lot of reasons. Fear of change, even if change is good. Loss of something. Attention. Sympathy. Human connection. If you heal, what will happen to the support that was there? To the love you experienced? Those are real questions that deserve honest, non-judgmental, thoughtful answers. Lots of times we don't even know these things about ourselves. And lots of times our reaction is to dismiss the idea that there might be something else going on deep inside. Sometimes dismiss it angrily. It's okay. It's okay. And maybe you'll look deep within and realize that that isn't at all what's happening with you. But maybe, maybe you'll find a kernel of truth in it and a whole new world of healing will open up to you. You'll be able to let go of the imbalance, the emotional distress, and get a little clarity around who you really are, which is not your imbalance. This episode is brought to you by Bumble. So you want to find someone you're compatible with, specifically someone who's ready for a serious connection, totally open to having kids in the future, is a tall rock climbing Libra, and loves rom-coms with vegan pizzas on Tuesdays just as much as you do. Bumble knows that you know exactly what's right for you. So whatever it is you're looking for, Bumble's features can help you find it. Date now on Bumble. That's one reason I like to think of coping mechanisms as a beautiful thing rather than something to be ashamed of. In holistic psychology, they talk about trauma not being something that happens to you, but how you respond to the something that happened. And we can talk about that, but just as an intellectual exercise, let's say that's true. Now, we know it's true that we can't control much of what happens around us, especially as children. If you had trauma in your childhood, there was nothing you could have done about it then, and there's nothing you can do about it now. But when it happened, whether it was a single event or an ongoing situation, you responded in some way. And I'm going to say something very important. You did your best with what you knew at the time. However you reacted was exactly right in that moment. Whatever skills you developed to manage the trauma, to manage your response, were the right ones. They were needed and you were doing your best. The problem 
becomes when we drag old trauma response into our present day and it is no longer in our best interest. But it's really easy to attach to trauma, to the narrative. And the narrative is true. You haven't made it up. Perhaps your childhood was traumatic. Perhaps you do experience day-to-day injustice. I'm just suggesting that you are not that trauma. You are not that injustice. You are a person who can choose her response and then evaluate that response and choose another tomorrow if today's response doesn't work anymore and continue to choose a new response to your past and to your present every day, every minute if you have to. That's the power you have to let those responses to trauma move you toward your highest self. And when you do, you're moving the world toward the best version of itself as well. Sometimes that's a large part of the world. Sometimes it's your own small section of it. But the gift that we can give to ourselves, to our families, to our communities, to everyone, is to be as close to the highest version of ourselves that we can be. And I think that in order to do that, we really need to examine ourselves closely. What do we think, feel, and do that isn't contributing to that, that isn't contributing towards leading us toward our highest self? Are there imbalances in our chakras that we're not addressing? And why? What are the identities that we're holding onto that aren't really us, or they're not who we want to be? Why do we hold on to those? Are we hanging on to coping mechanisms or behaviors that once worked but don't anymore? Do we identify so strongly with our past trauma responses that we're not creating anything new for ourselves? If you want to go next level, get a journal and write down your answers to all of those questions. Let yourself be vulnerable. And if you find something that isn't aligned with who you are now or who you will be, treat that part of you with kindness. It was once doing you a service. No need to be angry at it now. You did the best you could with what you knew. And now you know more. So you can do something different. We can create our own identities, free from attachment from anything we don't want to be attached to. But we have to make the conscious decision to do so. And that's what I mean when I talk about leaving imbalance, identification, and attachment to trauma behind. Now, I think this episode was a little departure from our usual, and we'll get back to chakra-specific work, but this this is overall chakra work, and it's really important. I truly believe that we can all be exactly who and where we want to be if we're willing to find out what that is and leave everything that isn't serving us behind. If you have questions or you want to talk more about this, you can always find me on Instagram and Facebook at Your Chakra Coach. If you'd like to support the mission of the show and 
explore how the chakra system and more can lead you closer to your highest self, I have a Patreon page that you can join. Links to all of that will be in the show notes, of course. I hope you have a fabulous week full of self-reflection and fascinating exploration. I love you all, and I can't wait to talk again next week. Bye.